It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners right here at Corhorn Financial Group. With me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Hey, what's the best way to invest? You ever think about that? What strategies should you be using? What specific investments should you be using? Maybe this year you're thinking, how do you handle the kind of volatility that we've seen so far this calendar year? We're covering these foundational and pivotal questions on this episode of Wise Money. That's right. We get a lot of questions about what is going on right now. Got a lot of questions last week about the PPP loan and the changes, the enhancements and all sorts of things like that. So reach out to us. We love hearing from you and getting your questions. You can find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. Submit a question right there. And then all over social media, that's where we get most questions. So you'll find us wherever you're at, whether that's YouTube or Facebook or Twitter, whatever. Just search the Wise Money Show or at Wise Money Show and submit questions that way. You can always call or text as well, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000. All right. So we are talking about foundational investment principles. How should you invest? What's the right strategy? But there's no way, there's no way you can talk about that without talking about, hey, what sort of strategy has navigated this craziness in 2020? So guys, what do you, what do you make of what's happened in 2020 in the markets and how investors should be behaving or should structure their investments? I like your question, Mike. The, what principles, what are the guiding principles that I should follow? So the, what I would encourage you to do, if it's at all possible, set up your investments to happen systematically, to set it and forget it. Because if you look at the number of things that we could be thinking about right now, like what am I focused on? Am I focused on the rioting and, and looting or police brutality or a trade war in China? Or, oh, by the way, there's this little global pandemic that's happening. Like, what else should I be thinking about? And I, and I would encourage you, don't, if you, it's at all possible, set up your investments so you don't have to think about them. So if you're in accumulation phase, set it up so that that's happening systematically. And if you're in the decumulation phase, set it up so that that's happening systematically as well. And you, you're not concerned on any given day where the market is because it's truly unknowable and if you fixate on the market it will just be one more thing that's added to the list that i already mentioned of things that are completely outside of your control (laughs) that on a day when the market goes up i have the illusion of being in control and feeling like i know what i'm doing and on a day when the market goes down I am depressed. And so don't let the market, and and I would encourage you to understand the internal finance piece, don't let the market be your source of happiness. I mean, if you're going (laughs) to, like if you live in Michiana, let you know, let the sun be your source of happiness. (laughs) Okay, stop. stop. I'm sorry. Bad idea. Bad idea. 
Now, you know, that might sound like crazy talk to some people because they're used to looking at their investments every single day. And during this crisis, maybe they've gone to looking at their investments every single hour. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like overwhelming them. And they've gone from a stressful picture um, that, that they see of the future to one that's maybe completely overwhelming. And, and that's really what a, a market crisis brings to the, the situation. It's either going to bring... Um, you know, a, a source of panic for you. It could be a source of stress. It could be damaging to you because you take the wrong action during that time. Or for others, it's an opportunity. And still others, it's just part of the roller coaster ride that they're on looking to a very bright future because they have an overall game plan. And these short-term periods, whether they're up or down, don't really matter in the, in the grand scheme of things. Mm. Okay, so what do you what do you make of what we've seen thus far in 2020? We haven't. I agree with everything you guys have said. Lots of thoughts running through my head, but I'll, I'll just respond with another question. We this is apparently a global crisis. Obviously, the pandemic is, but then the financial response from the central banks and every, I mean, this is going to the what is it the uh, the the budgeting office came out last week and said it's going to take over 10 years, 10 years to recoup the amount of cost in the United States that is going on right now. And yet it's taken two months for the stock market to come back. And so it should investors say, yep, this is normal. These crises last about two months and they come (laughs) right back. Um, Is this normal? It just takes me back to the football game. Who was playing? Who was playing New England? The Falcons? Was yeah. it the Falcons yeah, playing New England? Yeah. yeah, like at the halftime, we said, hey, let's just shut it off. <laughs> like New, New England has been snuffed out sufficiently, like just uh, turn it off and ignore it. I, If you look at the stock market, which seems to be climbing this mountain of cash that the Fed has pumped into it, um, you, I look at the valuations and I look at some of these other things, and the only thing that it reminds me is I, it it doesn't make any sense. Well, can, can I let me jump on that. This is one of the things that I've found confusing. So so I completely agree that if you look at your investments too frequently and they are your source of uh, of joy or disappointment, then you've 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 got your finances oriented incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. But but get this. 2 weeks ago, did you see this headline in the report? that said Zoom, you know, this this online video communication software is worth more than the seven largest airlines combined. Okay, did you hear this? And I saw the chart, that was two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Last week, mm-hmm. so it's, it was 49 billion and it showed this chart. Okay, Zoom is worth 49 billion and then Southwest is worth this much and Delta's worth this and if you add it all up, Zoom is now equal more than that. But one week later, Zoom wasn't worth $49 billion. It was worth $69 billion. Wow. One week later. That is crazy for pretty much FaceTime, which comes free with your phone. <laughs> and they just decided to put it in a better platform to do it with more than one person. And there's essentially uh, zero barriers to entry here. And this company exploded $20 billion in a week and is worth more than the seven largest airlines plus, 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 plus now. It's crazy. 
That's right. Well, and and that's part of the problem. It's it's what people look at when they see the Fed, you know, pumping so much money into the economy. There's a lot of stimulus happening right now that's creating kind of an artificial environment that maybe isn't sustainable long term. Although maybe they're just dealing with a crisis and uh, you know, the market right now is priced as though the, the economy is going to rebound relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, I just saw a report that said uh, China, by the end of this year, will be back to the, the glide path that they had been on, the, the trajectory that they were before. And it's, it's just hard to believe because there's still so many people who are negatively affected by this. There's industries, there's businesses that are shutting down. And it's hard to reconcile a rising stock market with a real-life economy that still feels just so shaken up and broken. But that always happens that way. The stock market always moves before the economy does. So it it is always the case that you're going to see unemployment really high and potentially still rising as the tide turns in the market. But what you also always see during these great financial crises is you see investors say, I'm done with stocks for good. And we've seen the exact opposite, in fact. The rebound, the, the, the decline was so swift and the rebound was so swift that investors are hungry for more. They want more. And this is very, very atypical. So how do you structure your investments? What's ahead for the rest of the year in the market? We've got a lot more to hit here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What do valuations say about the size of the stock market and really the level at which it's run back to? Should you be fearful? Should you be opportunistic? Should you buy into this FOMO rally? Or should you have guiding principles in your investment structure that lead you to really not buy into head fakes or panic when things are down. Ah, that's what we're talking about today. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name's Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. To stay up to date on all Wise Money content, you'll find us everywhere you're at on social media, except for Snapchat. Uh, just search. TikTok. Yep, just not on TikTok either. Just search Wise Money Show wherever you're at. Subscribe to the content there and submit questions there as well. Uh, and you'll also find us online, wisemoneyshow.com. All right, so we're talking about the current levels of the market and what's been going on in 2020, but we're tying it back, not just to speculation about why and then what's to come, but tying it back to what's your overall investment strategy and what's the right investment approach for you. But I think there's a little more banter here on valuations. I did a video, uh, one of their, our Next Wise Step videos, I think it was Tuesday, two weeks ago, week and a half ago, Um, that there are, if you look at valuations, which is basically the price of the market, price of a stock compared to the recent earnings or the projected earnings, um, the market hasn't been this high since, from a valuation standpoint, since the tech bubble. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of on the belief, I believe that, well, listen, what happens in the short term with profit doesn't matter because this is just a temporary crisis, things will get back to normal in 12 months or 18 months. 
But I don't know. I have my doubts. I mean, that's the same thing that was said during the tech bubble. These companies don't need to have profit today because they're going to have profit in the future. Don't worry about things today. And we got burned. Not we, but as a, as a, as, a, as investors, we got burned. We're setting ourselves up for that again. Well, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I like to track valuations based on forward price earnings, as you were referring to, basically saying, based on the profits we think are coming, is the stock market a good good buy right now? And as you said, it highest it's been in the past 18 years, I think. Yeah, and not only that, it never even got cheap. Like if you if you go if you watch that video on YouTube and you look at the chart that we flash up there, you'll see the little carrot, the the little drop down, but it it never even approached reasonableness levels mm-hmm. even at the bottom in March. Yeah, and that's something that we looked at uh, back in in the financial crisis, 2008, 2009. You're looking for some sort of bottoming out essentially on you know, the, the price is getting so low that it just doesn't even make sense for the, the stock market to be this cheap. And that's what attracts buyers in to really start pushing the market higher. We had buyers attracted in, you know, in March and April this year, and that's causing the stock market to have a sharp rally. But is this just kind of some short-term buying activity and many of these buyers are going to turn into sellers before too long? Nobody knows. No one knows. Lots of people will make their predictions. But nobody really knows. And, and that's part of the reason why what happens in the short term cannot be what drives your overall financial plan. Your goals are long-term goals. If you're investing, it's because you've got money that you can put at risk for a long time, not just a short term. And, and that's important because it takes a long time to reach your most important goals. And the stock market is the only tool that historically has been able to give people the potential to achieve great results for their future over time. And it's not done yet, but this is, again, why we want to have guiding principles that we operate by, because we watched Warren Buffett push 8 billion, billion with a B, 8,000 millions into airline stocks. We watched him retrieve 4 billion. So the, the smartest, one of the best investors of all time, lost 50% um, because you only lose it when you recognize the loss. Now, as of this moment in hindsight, he looks like he made a pretty meaningful mistake. But again, it's not over. Mm -hmm. And, And the question is, do you have the time to attend to investments and what happening with airline stocks and what's happening with energy stocks and what's happening with real estate and consumer cycle all that stuff i i'm gonna go out on a limb and say you probably don't you probably want to be at lake michigan this summer well, or but- or what's left of it and um <laughs> but can you really know can you even if you know it's not time, normal it's no it's not you can have the illusion of knowing and you can uh kid yourself into thinking hey I really have this thing figured out. But I'm going to tell you, Warren Buffett thought he really had this thing figured out. And there were, he was a willing seller at $4 billion. There were willing buyers out there at $4 billion. Warren Buffett was saying, I'm getting out. And there were uh, people saying, hey, I'm getting in at $4 billion. I think that's a good deal. Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a bet, though, one way or another. And mm. 
historically, everyone always judges Warren Buffett's moves shortly after he's made them. And inevitably, you look back on history, he's usually right. Yeah. So, you know, you were making reference, Mike, to one of the um, the Buffett indicators that often people are tracking and and trying to, um, you know, kind of reference where are we compared to history as far as the stock market's uh, value compared to the economy, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if you want to unpack that at all, but th- this is one of his own methodologies to determine, hey, is now a good time to buy or not? And, you know, someone like Warren Buffett attracts a lot of attention. When he's buying, it gets people's attention. When he's not buying, it gets people's attention. Yeah. And, and that's been more of the posture. You know, there haven't been any really big deals that he's been doing. And it, it kind of leads you to wonder, um, you know, is that because he thinks that maybe there's more pain to come? The, the point in all this, though, is are you going to be able to outthink Warren Buffett? Are you going to be able to... Um, you know, predict exactly where the economy is going and each individual stock in it. And if you're not, then probably the tool for you to be using is not picking individual stocks to grow for the future. It's maybe something more like mutual funds, where you entrust those dollars to a professional to do it for you. That's more important than what I'm about to say. But my goodness, Josh, (laughs) why did you do this? So here's the deal. The Buffett indicator, this is made popular by Warren Buffett. Can you believe that? <laughs> wow. He's named it. Um, okay, so in in, Sept- in September 2001 or in 2001, he came out and said um, the ratio of the of the overall market, corporate market cap, as a ratio compared to the overall economic activity GDP, that's the single best indicator of the current value of the market. And he's a value investor, so. And I'm paraphrasing here, but that's how strongly he believes in this. And I there's a there's a there's a guru focus website that just has put the formula in there, and they're constantly updating it. So I'm going to tell you as of today, and I don't know what day you're absorbing this content, but as of today, if you go to that site, it says significantly overvalued, based on historical the historical ratio, we're likely to see a negative return. That includes dividends. Um, but it says here that's with the latest GDP numbers. What's going to happen to GDP in a month when we get those that those that information? Well, there's certain Federal Reserve banks that say GDP is about to drop 50%. So what's going to happen with this ratio? You know how ratios work. <laughs> when that number drop, when the GDP drops like that, if the stock market's anywhere close to where it is right now, this Buffett indicator is going to reach levels that we've never, ever, 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 ever seen. And we might look back, I hope we do, and say this was just a blip. It was a pandemic. This was, you know, and and because of the united front that central banks made of printing a bunch and pumping a bunch of money into the system, this was a blip. It was fine. We actually don't even need to look at this data during this time period. But we'll see. I I don't know. We are going to bring this back down to what should your investment strategy be? Tangible takeaways. That and more coming up here on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. With all the craziness that has gone on in the market and is certainly ahead of us as well, how do you invest? 
what is the right strategy for you and how is that connected to the rest of your financial life? We're getting to the root of it right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on our YouTube channel. Check us out there. Go to YouTube, search Wise Money Show and subscribe to it as well because not only does, is every episode of the wise money show there but all of the financial nuggets every single business day we drop a next wise step video talking about more palatable more direct these are some financial steps you need to be taking in light of what is going on so make sure you check that out there we also just dropped our e-learning course on financial foundation so check it out go to youtube search the wise money show follow us there all right I, you know, so I listen, I'm just going to say it on the airwaves. Um, it, typically a drop of this magnitude with the financial with the economic carnage that we're seeing, um, people, people get to the point where they say, I'm done investing, period. In the 70s, it happened. And, and the 2000s, it happened. 2008, it happened. I mean, that's what typically happens. That did not happen here. So, and so we're skeptical and we think there's more volatility ahead. There's more, con there, hopefully not, but, but who knows, but does that matter? Does that matter? Should, should this mean, well, don't have any money in stocks, keep it all in, in your mattress or have it all in stocks. In fact, buy airlines or what, I mean, how do you drive this down to your investment strategy? Well, I, I, I would encourage you to just have an investment strategy. Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to not try and figure this stuff out because the smartest guys in the world get it wrong. Um, and to Josh's point earlier, uh, depending on when you look at it, it's either right or wrong. And the, the longer time goes, things either get righter or wronger. Mm -hmm. And it just <laughs> really depends on, on what's happened. So if you're, if you're doing this, from our perspective, from from the Wise Money Show, we're following guiding principles, and that means I'm looking at investment planning, and there are a lot of decisions that need to be made in the area of investment planning. Uh, one is what what are the what are the ve investment vehicles that I have access to, and then what the next thing that needs to happen is okay within those investment vehicles, how should I structure my investments? I probably, we like to have a couple of different approaches. One approach is a buy and hold approach. And so it's just, hey, listen, that buy and hold approach, this year you would have seen it maybe up 5%, down 30. Uh, and uh, depending on the day that you're listening to this, uh, you could be you know flat on the year. So we've seen all kinds of incredible volatility. If you buy and hold, you just strap yourself into the roller coaster and go along for the ride. Over the long term, that's a fantastic strategy. And over the long term, it's likely you'll be happiest with that one. Yep. We also have an advance and protect strategy that has a sell discipline that looks at momentum that, for instance, uh, when uh, transportation stocks are out of favor, it doesn't own them when energy stocks are out of favor. We're not invested in those. Now you say, well, wait a minute, what about an S&P 500 index? You own the index, you own those stocks. Mm -hmm. And so I, I like both of those strategies, but I, I wouldn't ignore the tax implications of the investment vehicles and the strategies that I'm using. This is why financial planning is so important. So, I mean, you could just work your way right around 
the the circle here, figuring out financial planning. How does this affect me? Because really, my investment manager needs to be talking to my tax planner, not my tax preparer, my tax planner. And it, it, do I have a plan that's working? And also, I mean, that, that gets me all the way around to my present financial position. In my budget, how much do I have on a weekly or monthly basis to be adding if I need to add or to be subtracting if I'm pulling money out? Yeah. I'm glad that you, you turn the attention from just investment decision making and maybe even speculation to having an overall game plan in your life. Because ultimately, the value of making your investment decisions within the context of your financial plan is it helps protect against emotional responses. Mm -hmm. And that's really what you have to guard against, especially in an environment like this. In fact, I, I would encourage you, when you think of your financial life or specifically your investment portfolio, what are the emotions that are going on inside you right now? There are some who are, are scared or um, feeling worried that maybe they're missing out on an amazing run because you're hearing stories of people who bought a, a stock down at the bottom of the market and they've doubled their money in two months or tripled their money in two months. And you hear enough of those stories and you think, man, I, I'm losing out here. Mm -hmm. Why am I not buying some individual stocks? I, I better scrape together some money and... Well, we're going on a buying spree. Yeah, And there's still other people who are the exact opposite, who maybe are, are fearful that not only is there more pain ahead, but there's unrecoverable pain ahead. And I need to be you know, running for the hills, staying completely out of the market entirely. And you know what? Josh, is, it sounds like he's talking about two different people. That's the same person. <laughs> That's right. Just depending on the day. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. You know, the the whole idea here though is that when you make your investment decisions that are tied to some time frame and some specific goal, then it becomes more apparent to you what is the funding tool that is most appropriate. Do you need to be, you know, tied to the stock market with some portion of this money because you need growth potential? You need to be able to stay out ahead of inflation. You have, you know, big needs in the future, and therefore you need big dollars in the future. Yeah. Um, you know, when when you need that kind of growth to abandon the stock market in the short term or permanently could be one of the worst mistakes that you ever make. And I'm saying that not knowing what the market's going to do the rest of this summer or into the fall, it doesn't matter because ultimately we're talking about a goal that could be 10, 15, 20 years down the road, and that's when it's going to matter. That's and, right. and that's the area that I didn't really get into, which is either retirement planning or education planning. What is the purpose of these dollars, and what kind of expectations do I assign to these dollars as they're invested? Because the expectation that I assign to these dollars as far as what they're going to return and how they're going to grow for me tells me how, how many dollars I need to set aside. I would encourage you, if you're saving for retirement right now and you don't know what the mortgage payment for your retirement is, you need to be talking to a financial planner and say, how much should I be saving for my retirement? Yeah, what's my 30-year payment here? What's my 40-year payment in order to get this get this job done? And just like a mortgage payment where there's an interest rate that it's a charge, baked into that calculation from your certified financial planner is an interest rate at which, at which you should average in a return in order to get that done. And if you say, hey, I'm probably going to bail out of stocks, then that interest rate's going to be zero 
and therefore that mortgage payment is going to go up significantly. Hearing you guys talk about uh, education goals and retirement goals, my mind went somewhere differently, and and that was those who are sending kids off to college in a year or in a, a matter of weeks maybe. Um, whatever is happening here in the short term, if, you, if you're getting close to this goal, my hope is that you've been making adjustments to your portfolio along the way. Maybe you missed an opportunity. You should have been out of the stock market a while ago. Well, you've been given a gift here. Yeah. You've been given another window of, uh, of opportunity to get some dollars out if the timing is right for an exit because of your goal, not because of some prediction you're making on the stock market. Principle-based principle-based. And you, so your investment strategy, your investment structure needs to be connected to all six areas of your financial life. It's one of them needs to be connected to the other five. And then we believe out of that, typically you need a multi-strategy approach, a core low cost buy and hold approach with a momentum strategy. Kevin even didn't even talk about the performance of the momentum strategy this year. It's been phenomenal, but you need to have a balance between those two. So all right, we've got questions from fans of the show. That and more coming up here on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. The Wise Money Show is brought to you by the attorneys at South Bank Legal, First State Bank, Diane Bennett and the Inspired Homes Team, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. How does the coronavirus, all the changes going on with businesses and work environments, how does that impact you if you're right on the verge of retirement? Got a great question from fan of the show, Jim, where we're going to be hitting that very thing. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being with us. My name is Mike Bernard. Here with me in the KFG studios, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Every single morning, I'm getting up and going for a walk because where I live, where we live, it's actually nice this time of year. Rare, gosh, but I enjoy it. And I'm not really working out because I got bad joints, so I'm getting up, going for a walk, and I'm listening to podcasts. If that's you, every episode of The Wise Money Show is on podcast wherever you listen. Just search The Wise Money Show on podcast, subscribe to it, and rate it, please. That really helps us even if it's even if you don't really like the show or have some feedback rate the show give us that feedback we appreciate it all right we're into questions from fans of the show if you have a question about anything we were talking about your investment strategy your investment approach maybe you are a little more emotional maybe you did try to make some changes or your system tried to make some changes wasn't quite great contact your cfp and uh and and if you're if you'd like to speak to one of our great cfps on our team just give us a call reach out to us you can find us online Corhorn.com. That's Corhorn with a K or at wisemoneyshow.com. But Jim reached out on the website, uh, Jim64 from Edwardsburg, Michigan. The environment in my company has become more stressful in the past year to due to everything that's going on. Uh, yeah, that is everyone. <laughs> I'm close to being able to retire, but I'd like to actually work two more years until I get my full social security. How do you plan for retirement when the timing's out of control? It's you, you don't have control over this. Yeah, I, my heart certainly goes out to Jim. It it almost reminds me, I, I was meeting with a client who's 25, 30 years younger than Jim earlier this week, and he was saying some of the same kind of uncertainty, talking about the stressful environment. He, he said there's significant uncertainty on whether or not he's going to have a job in the next two months or so. Mm-hmm. And... Um, 
And, and so he wanted to know, well, what, what kind of action should they be taking? And we started looking at their reserves, what kind of cash they have on hand to be able to weather some sort of storm or to get through a period of, of no income coming in. And the same principle applies if you're coming into retirement or you're at risk of losing a job in, in the short term. It really boils down to, are you building up the right amount of cash? And that should be part of your game plan as you're trying to land the plane or kind of come into, um, into retirement. This is a time for you to make sure that you've got enough cash to live for an extended period of time, two, maybe three years. Um, because you don't know what the market's going to throw at you. I, but not the market, just your your world, your reality, your boss, right? And I, I'm I'm like wanting to, you know, do a Tiger Woods fist pump here as I hear you because, I mean, so we don't give direct advice on the radio. You've got to look at all six areas of your financial life, synthesize it together, and figure out well that of of these great options here's or here of these good options here's the great one. But what stood out to me, Josh, is yes, building cash, building cash, because it's Jim says he wants to wait to draw Social Security until his full retirement age. Well, doesn't mean if you're let go early, doesn't mean that you have to draw your Social Security early. You could come up with a contingency plan right now to figure out, well, what's the what's the pivot? What's the strategy so that I can continue to delay my Social Security without hemorrhaging my nest egg? And building up a little bit of cash, being more conservative with cash for as long as you've got your income might be that very, very solution. You could take that too far, though, as well, and and think, hey, I'm close to retirement. I should be all in cash. Or I should be yeah. really conservative with my investments. But the reality is, Jim, even if you retire tomorrow against your will, um, and, and the paycheck stops and you delay, you postpone when you're going to start drawing Social Security, um, you, you're going to need some resources to live off of to, to cover that gap while you're waiting for Social Security to begin. But there's a bunch of money that you're going to need to be using and spending 20 years from now. And that money still has a long time horizon. It still needs to stay growth oriented. Don't be abandoning all stock market type exposure or all of your mutual fund exposure um, just because there's uncertainty in the short term. Yeah, Jim, there are a couple ideas that I want to share with you. One idea is that the the last year that you work is likely the most powerful financial year of your lifetime, mm. and that's almost universally true. So no matter who you are, no matter what you're doing, the last year, or the you could also say the last years that you work, are the most financially powerful because that means, so Jim, you're 64. If you worked two more years, that's two more years that you haven't taken money out of your investments. That's two more years that you've saved into your retirement plan. That's two more years. Maybe you got rid of your car payments. Maybe you finished paying off your mortgage. Maybe there's a number of different things, different possibilities that you can do in those last years. But I, I love Jim's question because it is profitable for you if you are not Jim and you're not yet 64, hear what's in Jim's voice. Jim's saying, hey, listen, this these things are kind of out of my control. Yeah. The company can make a decision and you know, it's, we've seen it. We've seen these types of things. Hey, on Thursday, I had the best review of my career and on Monday, they let me go. Yeah. So 
so things, and, I, and I'm not a fear monger, but I would say, hey, make sure you know what's going on. One one thing that we do here at Corhorn Financial Group is we do something called case class where we bring a client situation in. Typically, it's a, a new client to the firm. And the, uh, the certified financial planners and the insurance agents and the CPAs get together and solve to figure it out. And uh, we were working on one this week. It was it was just fabulous because this person almost on accident had tax diversification. So this person had uh, money that's never been taxed that that uh, they had saved into their retirement plans. This person had Roth IRA dollars and this person had non-qualified dollars. So all of a sudden, the options for this person are fantastic and yeah. the and and the the really it's just us saying hey you can do this any way you want to do it here's what we would see as good better and best i'm surprised when people pick good i'm uh sometimes surprised when people pick best yeah. you, you know you've just given us a gift there i, I love that you described the wins that you encounter as a financial advisor you, you get to peer into people's financial lives and see what's working out for them and you described it almost by accident, um, it, probably along the way as, um, as this particular client is deciding where to save money, where to invest. They're just doing it in response to the changing tax environment. And they get to retirement and they end up with some money in a Roth IRA. They get some money in a 401k or a traditional IRA. They may even have just some taxable mutual funds. But that, that accidental diversification is such a winning formula so often. I mean, I, I see it all the time as well. And you, you know, we can we need to get to the point where it's not by accident that you have these types of options available to you, so that you can do what we hope Jim can do, and and that is have a game plan that will let you cover the gap between when you're done working and when you start drawing Social Security so that you can maximize the Social Security benefits that you ultimately get without hurting yourself from an investment standpoint. So I, I'm surprised that we're this far into the actual, into the question bef- without answering it. Because the very, we, someone said something that got me on a tangent and we've been going about cash and how you structure your investments. But the real, the, the, the start of the answer for you, Jim, is, listen, if you, were, if you were hoping to retire in two years, then you've already sat down with your certified financial planner, and you've probably been doing this for a decade, and you've talked through the five retirement factors, and they've put all those factors and all the variables into a system, a retirement projection, retirement plan, and you know that, okay, by retiring two years from now, you're on track and you're ready. And that plan has a certain confidence ratio if you retire at 66, two years from now. And now you need to go back to that certified financial planner and say, things in, at my company are unhealthy. And I, I, might, I could be let go at any time now. Could my plan still work if I retire two years earlier, like that guy Josh Gregory says, everyone retires a couple of years before they thought. And so can you move that retirement age, which is the first factor, move it up to 64? Does the plan work or or not? And if it doesn't work, what are the trade-offs? 
Mm-hmm. What do I need to do? I mean, that is the answer, right? And then the trade-offs come as you look at the, all six areas of your financial life. Well, does that mean it's an income problem? So you've got to start, you got to make some, um, some extra side income. you got to ask your company if they'll put you on contract or, or whatever. Or is it a spending problem? Where nope, you th- you said you're going to spend six grand a month. You can only spend fifty five hundred a month. Um, is it, an, it, it so lots of different options? But that's that's the root of the answer. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. You're describing though the ideal scenario: someone that has a long term relationship with a financial advisor. They're working the plan. They're adjusting the plan. When they get a curveball like what Jim is maybe anticipating, and retirement maybe kind of pushed upon them earlier than they thought you're just, you've already got the relationship established. But I want to talk to the person who is Jim and has never worked with an advisor, someone who um, may be facing a lot of uncertainty and and the game plan that you've kind of loosely had in your head is being thrown out the window right now because of economic circumstances, business environment, all of that. And I want to tell you, it's still appropriate for you to seek the advice of a financial advisor in this environment. Yeah, I've literally worked with clients who come in and we get started the day before they retire. <laughs> not, okay? not the ideal. It's time. not ideal. However, you're still adjusting the plan into retirement as well. And so for Jim, really the the, the story problem is the resources you've built up and the income streams that are available to you in retirement, how do you make it work? Yeah, because you might go in, Jim, if you haven't met with a certified financial planner and done that ideal approach, you might go in and they might say, actually, you could be done right now. And so, yes, let's talk about the best way to optimize your social security, whether you're done now or you stay till 66. Um, Okay, so, so that's Jim. Let me talk about Jane real quick. Because the other side of the scenario is, I I was supposed to retire in a year or in two years, but it feels unsafe, and and I don't know if I want to go back when we reopen. And the same unsafe answer unsafe from a health standpoint, exactly. Because okay. I, I you know I, at this age group, I'm in a higher risk and so on. And we, we're not going to have time to completely unpack it, but the answer is still the same. It's really just an adjustment to that first factor, and then seeing what the trade offs are. Wouldn't you guys say? I, I agree completely. I mean, you're you're basically just recalculating for a new scenario in this Jane scenario that you're you're describing. Um, but the more things that you're willing to hold with an open hand and adjust on, um, the the more powerful your financial plan becomes. It keeps you in control ultimately. That's right. Well, great question, Jim. Thanks. I hope that was helpful. That's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corhorn, and myself, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.